Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. When did you have your your car accident? Yeah, so I actually got treated, um, I call it just a tiny, the biggest biggest tiny miracle of my life. I got treated in September of 2017, and with two treatments, I got my life back. Mm. And I just want to say on that note, some people might argue and say, well, there's the placebo effect. Right. And I'm okay with that. You know what? Even if it was, great. What I can tell you this. Where I was and where I was within days of my treatment, worlds apart. And wow. I promise you it wasn't my mind over matter because my mind was sort of... Yeah. I, I couldn't even think before and I had zero expectations <laughs> during. So, right. so um, but even if it was placebo, I don't care. God works in mysterious ways. I'll take whatever it takes to get me well and strong again. And and so, yeah, I, I, I had a car wreck about it was actually august 2018 and in the meantime my mom's health was deteriorating Mm. so i was spending a lot of time with her in and out of hospitals and and trying to to help her with her life i had um my daughter got married in france in june of of 2018 and so i spent Actually, I lied. July, 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 Marissa, July. Um, so I spent a few weeks in Europe with both my kids, and and I so all and I and I was also after the health thing, I really kind of took a step back on some of my professional activities because I'd been out of the game for nine months. Mm. I was stepping back going, what is it? Do I really, you know, how do I want to move forward? How do I want to partner with people? How do I want to collaborate? How do I want to guide, influence, lead and build this fund? And what do I want to do? So I spent some time kind of designing things I wanted Mm. to do and creating some programs and focusing on my self-wellness and focusing on my mom, my family, went to Europe came back from Europe and and in the meantime I was speaking at a lot of conferences which was giving me some reflection time as well mm. because the more you're around people and doing things it makes you think about what you're doing you know because I'm continuing to gain insight and information and people as I'm brainstorming with people they're reflecting you know things that resonate with me right. and I decide ooh I want to keep keep that in my wheelhouse or yes. add that and yes. so then I I uh, went um, I I was here in Texas and had a pretty significant car accident. Mm. Not my fault. <laughs> Women drivers always say that. No. <laughs> Edit that. All right. No. I, um, yeah, but I, what, it didn't seem like a tragic accident at the time. We, one, we were blessed. We all walked away. Everybody walked away. So we're grateful. Um, what I didn't realize was one, I had a head injury in the wreck that I didn't realize I had oh, wow. for a little while. And two, I have a nerve inter- in, uh, injury in my spine that affects my whole left arm. Wow. And so, and I'm left-handed Yes. and it was affecting, um, so here I think I'm doing well. And as, as a matter of fact, a couple of days after the wreck, you always think, oh, that's the worst. You feel the worst. And I didn't feel awful. I just... I just was like, wow, I don't feel as bad as I thought I would. Mm. But what I learned was you can have you can have things that you can't see. Let's go back to what you can't see, mm-hmm. that you can't see that are affecting you. So I had this head injury 
that about two months after the accident, I started having massive anxiety attacks. Mm. And I thought, what is wrong? And it manifested in elevators. Oh, really? Wow. So that was the first place it manifested. I got onto an elevator to go to a doctor's appointment with my mom. And whew, I mean, even talking about it, kind of that memory kind of can take my breath away because I just remember I had sent my mom up with, with uh, she, she was in a wheelchair. So she had, I'd put her on the elevator. I had to go park my car. So she had gone up to the fourth floor and I came back in, go up to the fourth floor to catch up with her. And I got on the elevator. It's a big elevator. There's room for hospital beds and right. and a lot of people. And I get on the elevator. I'm the first one on the elevator. And I go to the back and some other people are getting on. And as I turn around, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to get off this elevator right now. And I start sweating. I am wow. just, I am, I can feel my temperature changing. I, am, I feel like a chameleon changing 27 colors. And I'm at the back and I, there was plenty of room, but I felt like the whole thing was closing in on me. Wow. And as soon as I could get off, I got off the elevator and walked up the stairs. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is um, never, let me, never, it never had happened to you ever, right? Never had happened to me. It was, uh, it was shocking to me. And I thought, what was that all about? What? Wow. I just didn't understand. And... Uh, and my brain is going, logic is kicking and going, what is your problem? Yes. And the rest of me is going, don't ever get on an elevator again. Oh my gosh. And, and so, it, and then it happened to me on an airplane and I fly. You fly, yeah. I fly. That's part of your job. It's, yes. And so I, I was like, so I turned on the air vent. I drank a ton of water. I was faint. And I was disciplined enough that I controlled, like, I was like, I am not having a full on, like, anxiety, panic attack. Breakdown, yeah. Yeah, but I really, but fighting it was not good either. Like, mm. fighting it, resisting it, it was exhausting. It was wow. exhausting. So then I had a hard time when I got to my event after that flight to really feel like myself and engage with people. And, and I even had somebody, he just said to me recently, he said, you just didn't seem like you wanted to be there. And he knows me really well. We're good friends. And he's like, I'm, I, you know, I just, you know, we were reflecting. Yes, he just, you, you just didn't really seem like you wanted to be there. I said, yeah. I absolutely wanted, I won't go somewhere I don't want to go. Like right. for me, if I don't want to go, I say, no, thank you. If I do, it's yes, I'm all in. So I really had to realize the impact that was having on me. And I talked to um, a, a caregiver, a friend of mine who's a caregiver, and she said, you you really need to go have your, your head looked at, your brain looked at from the oh, wow. car wreck. So um, turns out that I did have a mild head injury, brain injury. Um, I started seeing a psychologist, um, who diagnosed me with PTSD. Mm. And I thought, that is crazy. I can't have PTSD. Who gets, you don't get PTSD from a car wreck. And, and then why didn't it happen right when the car wreck happened? Right. And why, why don't I have it when I'm driving the car? And I was a little mm. anxious driving in certain circumstances or people would make me nervous, but that wasn't my big anxiety. My anxiety was more claustrophobia yes. oriented. Wow. Things out of my control. Mm. Something that you had said there, you know, you had spoken to someone, they suggested it. I, I, you know, how many times do people really, you know, they speak to somebody, maybe a professional, you know, who maybe makes a suggestion, hey, you know, 
because you're not really thinking about you all the time. Yes, you're worried about this, but it's but somebody coming from the outside could look in and go, hey, maybe you should do this. And I think too many times people poo-poo that. They'll say, oh, you know, and they'll just let it go. How important it is sometimes just to listen to people around you who love or care for you when they give you a suggestion of something. Hey, we are the trees in our own forest and we cannot always see the forest through the trees. Right. Okay? So, and I also, in addition to that, am a firm believer that we should seek counsel from experts and not the opinions of others. Right. That uh, opinions are a dime a dozen and yes. everybody has one and I'm happy to let people say what they want to say. Just yes. think about it. When, when you had your children, how many people had a thousand pieces of insight on how to be a good parent or right. how to handle a baby or yes. get prepared for the terrible twos or, you know, a lot of people can create yeah. energy and thoughts and ideas and space that they are not your truth. Yes, that's okay? true. And so because they're opinions. Yes. There is a difference when you get counsel and wisdom from experts. Yes, yes. And it doesn't mean that it all fits us either. If yes. it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. But I think it's powerful. It is empowering to own your own life by being open right. to ideas and wisdom from others because we are not experts in every element no. of our life. And we are not experts in accounting. We are not experts in brain surgery. We are not experts in podiatry. We are not expert chefs. You know, we get by, but we still know how to walk. We still know how to cook a meal for our family. We still know how to brush our teeth. We still know how to take care of our mind feed. Yes. But it doesn't make us experts in all fields, right? No. And so we have to be willing to be vulnerable and open to, you know, we have to remove our ego. Yes. You remove our ego right. and say, I Absolutely. am not an expert in all things. Oh man, ego gets in our way though, doesn't it? it does. I mean, we don't want to take the advice of other people. It does. It does. And, and I see I see other people's opinions and wisdom and insight as like, ooh, okay, it's like I get to take all these ideas and thoughts that I didn't come up with on my own. Guess what? They didn't come up with them on their own either. No. You know? Everything we learn is regurgitated information from somewhere. Yes. And so, but I get to take those thoughts and go, ooh, does that fit me? Does that fit in my life puzzle? Mm. And can I find more information on that that fits me? Because if I, I think if we feel, if we, if we feel the spirit in us resonate with something, mm. yes, pay attention. Exactly. Yes, follow that path. And yes, it may be out of your norm. It may be out of your comfortable space. Yes. God didn't put us here to live in our comfortable space all the time. No, no. My goodness, we would never get any. We, if everybody just lived in a compliant, a sheeple, a non, a, a, in a conforming state, and a and a not thinking bigger and listening mm. to new ideas, we wouldn't have iPhones today. No, no. We, we, we wouldn't have podcasts <laughs> and video. And I mean, there's so many things we wouldn't have. So I say yes. Be willing to receive and and be curious be yes. curious walt whitman said be curious not judgmental right and and i love that i embrace that and mm. there's nothing wrong with curiosity because curiosity doesn't truly kill the cat yes. it creates a very interesting path and our lives our lives are fluid so you, what you might need now might not be what you need in in a year or in six months and that's what this podcast is all about is maybe you're listening to one of our stories one of our guest stories and it might not resonate fit into your life space that's like right. you were saying right now 
But in three months, you could be in another situation and what you heard on this podcast might come back to mind and go, now it fits. Yes. Now it works. Yes. Because back then I wasn't going through that stage. I wasn't dealing with those challenges. And and so you'd, you wouldn't have needed that lady's advice before the car accident, but you definitely needed her advice when you after the car accident, go check out this, it might be a brain injury. Oh my goodness, you know, you found out that's why you're having these anxiety attacks. Yes. Because it could be just down to, well, you you know, some people could say, you know, hey, just grow up. What's, <laughs> why, why are you having an anxiety tank? That's just crazy, man. Just, you know, suck it up, buttercup. But that was my first thought. That was your first thought. <laughs> and we do it ourselves, correct? Yeah, but sometimes there's, there's, there's reasons for some of these things. They don't just suddenly jump on you for no reason, right? I agree. And I think one of the things I've had a lot of people tell me, especially recently with the loss of my mom and people who know some of the health things I've been through and some other setbacks in life, uh, I've had so many people reach out and say, Tammy, you're one of the strongest women I know. You're one of the strongest people I know. Mm. Uh, and I honestly didn't like that on one level because strong sounded, it sounded wrong. Like I just, like I don't want to be strong. I want to be soft, you know? Right. I want to be kind. I want to be love. I want to be light. So right. strong seemed harsh. Right. And that's not true. And I had to give myself permission to realize God has blessed me with many setbacks to become a soft and kind and loving and strength mm-hmm. in the midst of storms, yes. not only for myself, but for others. Right, right. And then we mess it, you know, we hear Jesus was meek and we kind of see meekness as weakness. and. Uh, being, you can be meek and kind and, and all those things, but you, in the midst of the meekness, there's a strength. Uh, inc- I mean, Christ was incredibly strong. Oh, yes. You know, but he was meek. Yeah. And we don't, we can't mix. And I think we, we hear yeah, you're strong, but I want to be, well, you are strong, but you're also, you're meek. And the meekness comes to where the pride disappears, isn't it? Right. When, when you realize that it's not about me, it's not about how, strong I am. Yes, I'm strong, but the strength came because somebody put it in me. Right. I was created with that strength or I was given that strength or circumstances created that strength. Sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times the circumstances you are going through are creating a strength in you that you don't even realize it's doing. And sometimes we, we try and get away from pain. Exactly. And pain is not a bad thing. It's a, it's a hard thing. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because it creates strength in you. Absolutely. And, and that, that goes in with some of my thoughts I was having earlier today, thinking about some of the, the setbacks and the journey and the making the easy choice, right? That, mm-hmm. that I feel like I, <clears throat> I wouldn't have the inner strength had I made the easy choices when those setbacks mm-hmm. occurred. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it. Right. And so um, I think it's important to grow into your pain. Yes. And, and, and lean into it and, and lean into the tough time and really look at it as, again, what is happening for me, not to mm. me. And, and uh, one of the authors in that book, um, his name's Adam, he and I have had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. about loss and grief and pain and setbacks. And, mm. and, and a lot of things he shared with me were very empowering for my mm-hmm. growth through some of the grief with my mom's loss. 
because uh, I have a lot of guilt over certain things with her loss. Right. And, and one of the guilts that I had was, and I had this especially with my father's death, so I was aware of it this time. I felt guilty for eating food. I felt guilty for laughing. I felt guilty for having fun. I felt guilty for not being in a state of grief indefinitely. Mm. And and everybody handles grief differently. And the grief cycle is an odd thing that you can't quite right. put your finger on. But, but well, that's very important because I've spoken to many people who've experienced that, is that they don't feel like they can have joy within the grief. Right. They feel like they're... Uh, they're being unfaithful in a sense to the person they need to be grieving grieving for but talk about that a little bit what you know how did you overcome that I mean you you... I still am in this case with my mom I still am Um, with my dad I had to um, I learned a very powerful technique actually Um, part of it was different with my dad because I lost him to suicide and and my dad hung himself Mm. okay and I had a really hard time um, closing my eyes and not visualizing that. Wow. Did you find him? Or no, don't... my brother found him. Um, I had just, I, I lived in California at the time and the tragedy happened here in Texas. I had just spent the weekend with mm. my dad and I knew my dad was depressed. I knew, I knew he was suicidal, actually. Wow. Uh, I, I just hoped we would grow through it. I yes. hoped the right medications, the right doctors, the right solutions would keep in here. Because my dad was brilliant, super intelligent, uh, one of my greatest role models and inspirations, taught me so much. Like I said earlier um, in, in another conversation, he introduced me to Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar, mm. who are, are great inspirational leaders that, that share so much in the way of mindset and habits and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And and it made it, I had a, a struggle with the fact that he, couldn't remember what he taught me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it was like, wait, Dad, like, you're the one who's making me so awesome. And he would pay all these great compliments to me. And I'm like, yes, I'm me because of you. <laughs> so, wow. so, so celebrate that. Yes. Remember how awesome you are. You know, I'm yes. just a reflection in the mirror of yes. who you are. So, so don't be in this low, sad, harsh mm. space. Celebrate wow. who you are. Yes. But um, one of he had he had a physical illness that affected him and then he had the depression and and truthfully combination of medications and changes of medications i think were kind of the icing on the cake right. i have some questions about whether or not the environmental factors so but um i learned when i would start to close my eyes or or grieve and be distraught over my grief to visualize a stop sign mm. And, and instead of going down my rabbit hole of pain to visualize a stop sign, and then around my stop sign, I started growing ivy and roses and beautiful things mm. so that I started seeing beautiful things. And I started giving myself permission. I thought, God didn't put us um, here to suffer. And my parents didn't raise me to suffer. And so while I go through the grief cycle and there are mixed emotions, I've had to remember that Mm -hmm. joy is the greatest gift we can, I mean, think about it. When you're with your kids, what makes you, if they're out there on the swings or the merry-go-round or fishing or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you see them exuding joy, how do you feel? Right. Yeah. Joy. You know, immeasurable joy. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, I had to kind of step back and go, my parents don't want me to be miserable. They don't mm. want me to 
to suffer and life is not about um, staying in a state of suffer suffering intentionally right and so yes it's it's okay to grieve and it's okay to be sad for a moment mm. it is it is okay to feel distraught it is not okay to stay in a state of despair no yeah. no and you know I, I I think of what what Tammy's saying here you know you might say okay well what's what's the scriptural basis beyond what you're saying thinking about a stop sign for goodness sake an ivy well, there's a scripture in the Bible that says on whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, dwell on these things. And there is a power in the fact that whatever you look at, whatever you think about, whatever you see in your mind's eye, or be it physically, like looking at the kids, creates a, your environment around you, in your headspace and everything around you. If you're thinking about all the bad things all the time and all the negative things that happen in your life and all the, you know, that's why the Bible speaks about be, be thankful always because thankfulness and gratefulness and all these things that, uh, that the Bible tells us to do is part of keeping our focus on the good and not the bad. And if you focus on the good, the st you know, don't go down there. The, Yemi, it's not about, it's not wrong to grieve. No. And if you're going through a hard time, you need grief. Grief is an important part of healing. But what needs to happen, though, is if you, there, there comes that point where if you're still grieving after months and years, and it's, there could be an issue. You might need that stop sign to say, you know what, I'm not going down that rabbit hole every single time because all it is is causing me more harm than good. And it's not helping the person I'm grieving for because they wouldn't want me to be doing that because they loved me. They won't want me to do that, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I think my mom um, held on in her final um, days because she, she I, I feel like she didn't want to abandon us. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, she was, the, as I talked to doctors, there was the slimmest of chance she would pull through, and and my siblings and I, mm. we said, you know, we 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 just we don't want her to suffer anymore. We don't want her to suffer for us. That's too selfish of yeah. us uh -huh. because she'll just be back here if she pulls through this time, because she was going into the hospital every three months, mm. you know, and stayed for two to four months. So wow. she'd come home, be home a month or two or three, and then go back and. Uh, she had a multitude of, of health issues uh, my entire life, actually. When yes. I was born, I didn't even live with my parents the first few months because she was in a very um, unstable state. Right. So, so I lived my whole life kind of knowing she wouldn't live forever. And, and, um, and, and I think that that sort of is one of the things I felt guilty about when she did pass was... was I felt like I would lose her any time along mm. the way, and maybe I didn't necessarily share all of my loves and gratitudes. And 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 she she and I, we had a lot of conflict. We saw the world differently. Yes. But I think our conflict made us better people. Yes. We 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 still loved each other. Iron sharpening iron. Yes, absolutely. So I I know. I mean, I'm her oldest child. Mm. I know. I. Uh, kept her on her toes and I was a good kid I just was strong wow that's so. awesome just uh, you had mentioned that uh, thing once again you know Tammy has mentioned the book and uh, the book is called resilience turning your setbacks into comebacks 
And, you know, one of the things, uh, Tammy, uh, you've been, we've been speaking about some of the setbacks that you've experienced. I, I really believe that our passions and our motivations many times are born out of the ashes of our pain and our setbacks. And so there's been setbacks in your life, but you've also got these passions. Now, one of the things that in our talking before this, you had mentioned to me and and previously that you do all these speaking trips and you're talking to people around the country and in different conferences. But one of the things that people tend to always come and say to you and speak to you is, well, you know, because I'm sure you always thought, well, I'm in real estate. That's what I'll speak about, real estate. But it hasn't panned out that way, has it? It has, you know, you've got the passion for real estate. You do it but it seems like people are wanting you to talk on other things something else is birthing out of you that people see bigger than oh well Tammy's this real estate person who can teach us how to have passive income and passive you know investments and so on and that's great and you do that and that's part of what you do but there's another passion isn't there yes yes absolutely there are a couple the one I I speak on the most outside of real estate it, it's the power of relational capital. Mm. Now that sounds, blows my mind. what in the world does that mean? It's a combination of, of connecting, social capital. Um, it's, so it's, it's kind of like a balance sheet? It's kind of like it's capital it, on a balance sheet, it, except it, it's, it's emotional? It's, it's, a, it's emotional, it's intentional, it's relational, it's with people, it's your relationships. And I don't keep a balance sheet because I don't ever have any, I don't, I, I don't want anybody to feel like they have IOUs to me. <laughs> and because I show up with a giver's gain perspective, right. then then my uh, my goal is when I'm doing anything with anybody, it should always result in win-win, and they win a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I and it's and it's not because I want them to feel indebted to me in any way. It's because I want to know I left the table right. giving a little bit more. Well, give me an example of emotional capital. Uh, or relational capital. Relational, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So relational capital. So an example is us. Okay. We'll right. use, we can use us as an example. Cool. Uh, we met years and years ago mm-hmm. and through through the course of time i was able to to serve and help you in your real estate transactions and instead of it being a cold transaction for either one of us in our later transactions we had a relationship right, right. and so i was your expert i was your go-to person yes. i already had a relationship with you so i didn't have to sell myself on you right mm-hmm. so um, and there was mutual respect, regard, there was integrity. And so we, we helped make real estate happen. And then through the years, we kind of stay in touch. Um, when I was going through some life challenges, you and I had some conversations and you brought some of your ministry to me and served me with wisdom, thought, questions, mm-hmm. uh, um, concern, books. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And then we, you know, we don't stay in regular contact, but we see each other through social media, right? right. So, so, t- so, th- so then we just stay in touch, touch base here and there, um, and as well, not just you, but also with your wife, mm-hmm. Sarah. And then, uh, and then today we're doing this podcast because of our relationship. Correct. You wouldn't have had me on this podcast just because you saw me on social media. Correct. You wouldn't have seen, you had me here just because maybe you found out about this book. You had me here because we have history and you know my stories and I know your stories and we can relate and have a dialogue and know that we can add value and bring out a conversation that serves not just each other, but hopefully we can serve others through the ripple effect of, of media. Yes. 
So mm-hmm. that's an example of relational capital. It's staying, oh, okay. so, so it's relational cool. capital is building relationships that are not just one and done. They're not transactional activities where you meet somebody. So a lot of people believe in networking. Mm. I don't believe in networking. I believe in connecting. There we go. I, me too. I don't believe in networking either. <laughs> so I could care less if somebody has business cards. That's great because right. all I really want to do is get you in my phone, on my LinkedIn, right. in, my, in my social media platforms. And we're going to learn more about each other through time. And we're going to have conversations and exchanges and likes. And I've built some pretty significant relationships through the years by attending events. Even the introvert in me decides to show up. And I show up. I step up. I shine. I walk into a room and I exude the energy that I want people to give back to me. I attract people by my smile, my conversation, the words I use. And making people feel warm and comfortable when they're in my space. I create conversational triangles. So if I'm talking to you one-on-one, instead of staying in a closed conversation, I create a conversation triangle space so others can feel free to Mm. walk in and join in. So by having conversations and connecting with people for a few minutes at conferences, I typically get a vibe of who do I want to continue more conversations with? Who can I add value to or they could add value to me? However, I always want to approach the experiences with I want to serve them. Who else can mm. I introduce them to? Who else can, can, you know, how can we do something together? How can I add some value? How can I teach them to ask better questions? How, what can I do to elevate that person? Because mm. elevating other people is the best way for them to grow. So if I make an introduction uh, to, to, if I make a warm introduction to somebody, you all automatically are going to be more interested in that person than if they right. just came to you on their own. Yes, yes. Right? Because it's like, oh, I trust Tammy. I like Tammy. I know she has, 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 is very discerning in who she spends her time with. So if she wants to introduce this person to me, they have some value, mm. right? And they feel the same way about you because... Because, so it's, it's a combination of warm introductions. And it's also what I call intentional random acts of connecting. Mm. So whether it's a random text, I send people, you know, have a fabulous day. Yeah. Or have a call and have a phone call without an agenda. Mm. So I don't care. Because everybody's got an agenda. It feels like everyone's an agenda, right? And we're in an agenda world. Yes. Yes. So yes. I'm like, oh, I need to raise $10 million for my fund this quarter. Right. right? Okay. So I could sit around and go, oh, I could call, I'm going to call everybody I know that's got a spare million dollars and see if I can get 10% of them to put their money in, right? Or I can make contact with 200 people this week who are quality people, who respect me, who I respect. See how they're doing. Check on their kids. Check on their moms. Mm. How many times do people call and just say, how are you? Yeah. You know? And so I build a lot of relationships with some very significant players in all types of industries Mm. through caring. Yes. Through being curious. Wow. Through having conversations that are about them that are not about me. Sounds a lot like, I don't know, maybe there's somebody I'm thinking about here that does that. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what he, he walked this planet with no agenda? His agenda was uh, to, to just spend time with us. And I mean, he, that's why he could spend time with a prostitute or he could spend time with, you know, a Zacchaeus or he could spend time with all these people. That's why the Pharisees didn't like him because they called him a wine bibber and a or a drunkard and a and a and a a fatso. I mean that's what I mean let's be honest that's what they called him why or you hang hung out with sinners because that's what he did I mean sinners were attracted to him people loved Jesus 
what made that? And I think it was he built relational capital with people. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I tell people is you you will build you will build your most your most authentic vibe builds your truest tribe. Right. Okay. So if you and you're right, whether I let me write that down. Authentic <laughs> vibe builds your truest. Your most authentic vibe builds your truest tribe. Because okay. people will say your vibe attracts your tribe, and I'm like, no, that's not true. Because I can show up with any vibe in any. I I, I am kind of versatile that way. And some people are chameleons. They can walk into a room and connect with anybody they want to. Right. But your most authentic vibe, you being your truest you showing up and engaging with people you will without attract, the pretense right that's right you will attract your truest tribe yes you will attract your followers your believers your raving fans mm. your clients your you know you will attract people by by being your most excellent self that right. you believe in yes right? okay so your phony won't carry it it, it might work for a while, yes. right? But then those people are going to see through it. Yeah. And then you're going to create more problems than no. you yeah. yeah. And and I'm not anti fake it till you make it. Um, but I am more inclined to say you don't have to fake it. It's not necessary. Face it. Mm. Face it till you make it. Mm. Just step in and face it. Mm. And and some people will say to me, I don't know how to show up at a, at a conference or go somewhere because I'm not an expert in that space yet. Yes. I said, well, why do you think the conference is there? That, that, that they're there because not everybody's an expert there, exactly. right? You know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you go to a classroom to learn, you go to a classroom to connect, you go to a conference, you go to an event, a webinar, to build knowledge, read books, ask questions, go to lunch with people. What I say is, don't just be a networker. Don't collect cards that you do nothing mm, with. Mm. Don't pursue conversations with people you have no intention of ever doing anything with because maybe they give you the heebie-jeebies. Yes. Maybe you doubt their integrity. And it doesn't mm. mean that they're bad, but they're not in alignment with you. They don't connect with you, correct. And, and, and you need to feel good about who you do business with, who you serve, who you add value to. And as long as you're building that environment, that community, that mm. culture, you will be an expert. You will be, uh, you will be the relational capital to those people that they come to you and they say, Hey, I know that you're well connected. I know that you, you know, you probably know an expert in this space and I really need help in this space. Do you have right. any? And I get all kind. I get the most random request for information or a contact that I know nothing about, but I do know somebody who knows something, yes. right? Yes. And yes. so, um, and I've had, it's, and I'm not trying to brag, but through the course of building relationships, I've become really good friends with Alex Stern, who he's the co-founder of Constant Contact, right, right. which is a CRM. Not everybody may know, but I mean, he's a very successful businessman who hustled, worked out of his mom's attic for years. You know, like she yeah. told him, when are you going to go get a job? You know, and, and he's, you know, I mean, he's not Bill Gates, but he has the same story, yes. right? And, and he's become just a treasured friend that we check on each other regularly. Um, there are other very successful people in the real estate space. Um, Sharon Lecter has become a very dear friend. She actually was the co-author of, of Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert oh, wow. Kiyosaki. One of my um, favorite books. Yeah, it's an excellent book. And, and she and her husband helped Robert Kiyosaki launch the game Cashflow in his book series. Wow, so, that's and, awesome. And, and now she's very involved with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So, so um, as a matter of fact, last fall I got to have dinner with Sharon Lecter, who I just mentioned, Don Green. Don Green is the chairman for the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Right. He manages the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Wow. His birthday was yesterday, I believe. 
Um, and Frank Shankwitz. Frank Shankwitz is the co-founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Wow. So I took the three of them to dinner last fall. Uh, yeah, we awesome. were all at a conference. And now I've met them throughout the years at different things. Yes. If I had just met them at a conference and handed out a business card, right? Handed out a, <laughs> and hadn't nurtured a relationship, right? You know, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity for. They, they're in a room full of hundreds of people mm. that they could eat with, talk to, or they could keep to themselves. Right. And they allowed me to, uh, we were in Houston, so I have my car and I know the Houston area a little bit. So they're like, Tammy, where should we go eat? You know, so they're seeking my wisdom, yes. right? Yes. And then I say, hey, I know a great little place that we should go eat at, you know, let's go there. And, um, and they invited me to join them. And mm. But it's just fun because we didn't talk one bit about business. No. You know, and the best thing you can do in building a relationship with people is go have a meal with them, break bread, mm. and not talk business. No. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Oren Rudolph. 